precariously enough, Toyota just went so far off the reservation at a recent press event that not even Tom Cruise himself could drop a GBU-12 on them from the frickin' cockpit of his Hornet. But I'm gonna have a crack anyway. I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars. Australia only. Website. Card. Far be it from me to promote a competitor, but Australia's second most reviled motoring journalist, Joshua Dowling, wrote an excellent piece just the other day in drive.com.au for Mr Costello. It's this one. You should check it out. It is freaking awesome. He's not really a competitor. I mean, Josh is in a class of his own. He's, he's so far out in front of the rest of the pack. Like, he is the industry specialist at walking up to the line of never getting invited back and just poking his toes over the edge. And he just, he stays there perfectly balanced. I, I don't know how he does it. He's so far out in front of everyone else and yet so far behind that cock who seems always to be wearing the yellow jersey on this one. Anywho, credit where it's due, this was perfect. Now, he attended some launch, some shitbox Corolla launch, and the thing that terrifies everyone in corporate communications, right, more than anything else, is when a senior executive goes freaking off the reservation. I'm talking there's a script, right? And you will not depart from the major talking points. And when they do, it's like, it's dogs and cats living together, dude. Like it really is. This is not the worst case of this, but it highlights some really important points in the current discourse about decarbonisation and EVs and the virtue and all of that bullshit. So we're going to go through it basically. Everything that this senior executive said, now the senior executive is Sean Hanley. I'm being very careful in what I mean by that. I'm using the definition of bullshit by Professor Harry G. Frankfurt, who is the Professor Emeritus of Philosophy at Princeton University. And he's written the only academic discourse on bullshit, one of the most salient features of our culture. You should get a copy, dude, because it explains a lot of things in relation to the conduct of politicians and CEOs and senior executives of companies and each of us individually, because let's be clear, we all contribute our share. Toyota's not alone. Toyota is a major producer of bullshit in the automotive domain. They really are. They're quite good at it. Their bullshit is export grade. It's very sophisticated and I'm not even criticising them for doing it because we're all doing it. It's just that if you want to make sense of anything, you have to be able to identify bullshit. And that means you have to know what it is. And there's a difference between lies and bullshit. So lying is like a rigorous academic process of misrepresentation of either the truth or what you think the truth will be. Whereas bullshit is more of an art form, right? Hence the term bullshit artist, right? The liar is constrained by respect for the truth. He has to respect the truth in as much as his objective is to misrepresent it or what he believes it to be, okay? The bullshitter is under no such restriction. 
okay? He operates in a much freer, more sort of artistic domain where he's free to use any combination of truth or falsehood and put them together in any way that he likes. It's, it's just delightfully free bullshitting. You can do anything you want. The only thing about bullshit that you need to be aware of, it could be true, it could be false, but its main purpose is to further the objective of the bullshitter. Like you get the bullshitter's barrow and you push it forward with bullshit, okay? And Toyota is really good at this. The dude in question, Sean Hanley, I'm not making any comments about him personally. He doesn't stand up in front of crowds at media events or at any other time to represent himself. He stands up in front of the crowd to represent Toyota because without people paid the big bucks to represent it, Toyota would not really have a voice, would it? But you have to appreciate what the director of sales and marketing for an organisation like a car company actually is and how they operate and what they do before we get into these fairly juicy quotes, right? If you're that guy, you just have this endless stream of people coming into your office telling you, metaphorically, that your shit doesn't stink. Like, mate, you did such a great job with that campaign. It's awesome. Well done, you know? In particular executives from advertising agencies making millions of dollars a year out of you, they're not going to criticise you too hard, are they? And everyone below you is going to tell you what a fantastic job you're doing, kind of thing. And it's really easy to start believing that. I'm not talking about Mr Hanley per se, I'm just talking about everyone who's a sales or marketing director in a major car company. They just get told how fantastic they are all day long. And one of their roles, as they see it, is educating people like journalists and influencers and government, whoever, you know, they really believe this is their job. So with that in mind, and I'm not making any imputation whatsoever about Mr. Hanley in any of this, what I'm doing is talking about the comments that he made in respect of Toyota's position. So I'm really just analysing the ideas that he put forward and that should be enough to prevent something of a lawsuit anyway there's a couple of interesting things about this right there's the story which you should absolutely read in drive.com.au toyota slams electric car extremism and says no motorists should be left behind and then just a few hours later but enough number of hours later greenpeace lobs with this press release okay Toyota just doesn't get it. And this press release references this story. And then you read the release, and the release tells me, and the time delay tells me, that this story has lobbed at like 7 o'clock or 7.30 or something yesterday morning. And then someone who hates Toyota has alerted Greenpeace. And the way I read this Greenpeace release, right, this is some car company that hates Toyota. Someone in a car company that hates Toyota has rung up Greenpeace and given them the full slam, right? The dirt squad, in other words, from a competitor. Because I doubt that anybody at Greenpeace is well-versed enough in the way car companies operate and the car industry operates generally to couch what is said here in those terms, right? This reads like an inside job from the Dirt Squad. It's perfect. The most exquisite thing about this outburst is watching the PR 
turn to ash, like the corporate communications executive, in this case, a woman. I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but I've been told that essentially you could just see this going further and further off the script and her going on. Words, maintaining a great composure, but internal dialogue going, oh, Jesus, how do I stop this getting any worse? And perfectly quaffed and all of that, waiting for him to take a breath and nudge him off the stage kind of thing. So I think that's perfect as well. This is not the worst example of an executive going off the reservation that I've ever seen. That was back in 2005 and it was covered. The story's still online in smh.com.au. You've got to Google the headline for the story. Perks of the job, a half-priced car. And include smh.com.au in your search and Google will find it for you. I was actually there at that incident and I can tell you that A, it was just marvellous. It was poetry in motion to witness and the fallout afterwards and the scapegoating and the under the busing and all of that stuff. It was just magnificent. So this pales by comparison, but it's pretty interesting in the context of everything that you get told about cars and the car industry and fighting to decarbonize with EVs and all of that stuff. And I, I guess the real, the real tragedy is that some of the points that Mr. Hanley made here were actually, yeah, I, I actually agree with some of them. But because he is sort of a mouthpiece for Toyota and Toyota's such an epic bullshitter, it's really hard to give them that much credibility. So with all that in mind, I'd love to know what you think about this in the comments and we'll get straight into it. What he said, according to the story in drive.com.au and look, there are enough journalists at that event to represent a pool of corroborating witnesses and Josh is a good operator and he would not contemporaneously mistranscribe this kind of thing intentionally. I'm convinced that it is substantially true on the balance of probability, but you can run your own bullshit filter through that and see what you think. So, this is Mr. Hanley, quote, Toyota is not opposed to battery electric vehicles. We believe that to get to carbon neutrality, you have to take everyone on the journey. The journey. You have to have a solution for the market you're operating in. Okay. To which I would say this is largely marketing masturbation. Carbon neutrality is an emphatically bullshit term for an organisation that produces cars. And this neatly overlooks the fact that there's got to be something like 20 plus tonnes of CO2 emitted for the manufacture of every car. And what does Toyota make? Nine and a bit million cars a year. So do, do the math. Manufacturing of new cars is therefore something of a commitment to the environment similar to the tobacco industry's commitment to human health, okay? So we've got to start calling the car industry out on its bullshit to do with carbon neutrality and working to solve the problem. I think they should just steer away from that because even a cursory analysis can tell you that that is bullshit. What part of the solution is friggin' Hilux, I'd suggest, you know, Australia's most popular car. Mr. Hanley went on and said, in the market we operate in, we believe right now that the solution is a diversity of products and powertrains. 
We'll have battery electric vehicles for some customers who will want that in town. We'll have hybrid electric vehicles, fuel cell electric vehicles, and plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. Now, in November of 2018, Mr. Hanley said, quote, people want the normality of a normal hybrid. And he said that and the context was crystal fucking clear. It was Australians don't want to plug in. And there was even a headline following his statements on that. And the headline was Toyota says Australians don't want to plug in. Okay. Haven't things changed, I'd suggest. That was a different kind of tantrum, I guess you could say. And at the time, I think they were all butthurt about other manufacturers beating them to the podium on plug-ins, right? And this was what they thought, I think, was a bit of a, a communicational countermeasure against being beaten by other competitors again because they are the king of frigging mediocrity, right? He went on and said that by 2030... Every Toyota in our range, apart from the GR performance cars, will have some form of electrification. Some form of electrification? I mean, doesn't that also, by definition, include the shitty, outdated hybrids currently sold by the dozen by Toyota, like with their crap nickel-metal hydride battery technology and their pathetic anorexic onboard energy storage of something like 1.6 kilowatt-hours? It's time to either shit or get off the pot when it comes to virtue signalling and advancement and things of this nature. Now, I know Toyota's the king of mediocrity. They're always the last to do anything. Like, they're the last to adopt Apple CarPlay. They're the last mainstream car maker to adopt a five-year warranty. They're always on the back foot and they just go, oh, we're in front, we don't have to care too much, you know? That's kind of where they are on this and I think that's where they are with this as well, frankly. They go on and say that we believe that you have to have a diverse range of technologies to get there. The point is this, he says, carbon is the enemy here, not the powertrain. Dude, don't you also sell Land Cruisers and Hilux and is aiding the enemy not a crime, okay? How can you be this bipolar? You can't say that carbon is the enemy and sell a friggin' Hilux. Hilux is the most popular vehicle in Australia. Well done there. Commercial success, two thumbs up. If carbon is the enemy, how can you friggin' sell it, dude? Come on. He says, we are in full support of some mandated type of legislation around emissions reductions. The one thing everybody agrees with is we have to get to a carbon neutral position. And I'd say that's very difficult for a car maker to do, particularly if you're a car maker that produces more than 9 million cars a year. If each car represents an average of 25 tonnes of embodied CO2 equivalent, what is that? It's 225 million-ish tonnes of CO2 emitted just bringing those new cars to market. That's roughly half of the total emissions that we make here in Australia. So they're emitting half of what a relatively small per capita type nation state would emit. And yet they say, we have to get there to carbon neutrality. Exactly what is the plan for doing that, dude? Because I'd like to know that. And when you say stuff, it has to be rationally defensible. Otherwise, 
some evil bastard in a fat cave is going to decompile it word for word and highlight the problems so that we can actually introduce intellectual honesty into a matter of glaring fucking public interest. He says, Toyota's not arguing the toss on that. Well, thank Christ. That's not a debate. Even with the most extreme viewpoint, we agree you've got to get to carbon neutral. Well, it's time to look yourselves in the mirror, dude. It really is. Vis-a-vis hypocrisy. Like, come on. He goes on and says, what we're disagreeing on is how and when you get there. To be honest, some of this belief that you can just go full electric in 10 years in this country and satisfy the owners and what they want to do with cars is a very difficult proposition. Jesus Christ, I think we agree. I might have to book myself in for an urgent brain scan. He adds... So therefore, we say a diversity of technology... Can we stop with the diversity word? Like, it's just an appeal to woke left-leaning bulls. Is it not? Come on. So therefore, we say a diversity of technologies that takes everybody on the journey is a way of getting to lower vehicle emissions. The journey. What a woke vomit bag kind of expression that is as well. And if we say diversity one more time, like, come on. In October 2001, Mr. Hanley says, how many car companies were even talking about battery electric cars and how many of them launched hybrids? To which I would retort, ancient history, dude. That's 21, nearly 22 years ago. How many people back then could predict the number of shitty prime ministers we've had since then, for example? He retorts to his own rhetorical question, I'll help you answer it. Two, Honda Insight, on and off the market for various reasons, twice pulled out of the market. Kicking Honda. It's like mugging someone on chemo, isn't it? Nobody gives a fuck what any car company did more than two decades ago. I, I know I don't. More interested in what they're doing now. It's bugger all innovation that has taken place in the meantime that I've got an issue with, right? It really is. To me, that's far more significant than anything that happened more than two decades ago. Like, king of mediocrity, come on. Mr Hanley again. But, of course, now electric cars have suddenly become trend-setting. Well, I'd suggest we played a role in reducing carbon emissions 21 years ago, not three years ago when it became trendy. And yeah, he did that by essentially being the retail arm in Australia of an organisation back in Japan and a global organisation, let's be clear, that did it, did that by running a manufacturing operation emitting half a nation state level of CO2 emissions every year for more than two decades. Like, well done. Interesting epistemic terrain to occupy when you drill down into it. How can you possibly say that this is a virtue when you're basically running a manufacturing enterprise that emits half of what a medium-sized nation-state emits? Like, Jesus. What is this there for right now? Is it like, is it time off for good behaviour? Like, come on. He goes on and says, and you know what? I'll give you another story. I'll take you to Altona one day, which is essentially their head office in Australia, to which I'd say, what second prize, Mr Hanley? Two trips. I'll see you out the front, he says. 
I'll give you my present to you, dude, will be I won't come. Okay. I will show you on the right-hand side, ladies and gentlemen. That's a hydrogen refueling center that we own in our plant, in our facility. And I'd say, yeah, great, nice idea. Hydrogen is not going to make any difference for decades. And we don't have that long to take effective action. So well done being too late with hydrogen. He goes, in another facility, the Toyota Parts Centre, there's a hybrid forklift rolling around. And by the way, if you go to the other shed, there's an autonomous forklift rolling around. And I got two points on this. The first one is nobody gives a shit about forklift emissions. It's not a salient thing to worry about in the context of the global problem, which is why it's not on the hit list. We need to talk about coal and natural gas. These are the two biggest emitters and making the debate about some shitty forklift in a shed in Altona is disingenuous beside the point and guaranteed to be in friggin' effective. As for autonomous forklifts, like whoop de friggin' do, there's lots of autonomy in warehouses and factories. There just is. And it's always in places where human beings are not allowed. Computers are really good at that. The problem with autonomy is when you put some friggin' autonomous vehicle in an environment where humans are all around it doing manifestly unpredictable things that can't be defined by ones and zeros, making up a set of operational rules. So there's that. Mr. Hanley again. And it doesn't end there. Well, perhaps it should have. But the PR lady was not fast enough. There's a couple of Mirai fuel cell vehicles that we're selling. There is one in WA running around as a police car. Well, that's 4,000 kilometres away from the majority of people in the country, dude. And where can I buy one exactly? And therefore, is it actually on sale when you say that a couple of Mirai fuel cell vehicles that we're selling. I doubt I could walk into any dealership or Altona and friggin' buy one. So there's that. He says, and by the way, last week there was a Toyota hydrogen bus on display in Sydney. <laughs> Buses on display don't, of course, save the planet, do they? He says, we are the only car company that represents 30% of our sales that are hybrid right now. That is playing a role in reducing emissions. The point I'm trying to make here is what aren't you seeing that I'm seeing? Toyota is not stopping, lagging or preventing electric cars. Yeah, but you don't have any, dude. You don't have any for sale. Like, according to Influence Map... <laughs> Toyota is the third most obstructive company behind ExxonMobil and Chevron. So well done getting on the podium in a field of such strong friggin' competition here, dude, when it comes to lobbying against actual green initiatives. So no, few of us, I suspect, are in fact seeing what Mr. Hanley is seeing. Some of us are seeing the anti-environmental truth about Toyota. Toyota is to climate, of course, what asbestos was to human health, is to human health. I guess it's kind of behind big tobacco and even bigger sugar right at the moment. Mr. Hanley again. The 300,000 hybrids we've sold so far are equivalent to the CO2 reduction effect of introducing approximately 90,000 electric vehicles to the market. Now, you'd think that is a really virtuous statement, but if you pass that through the filter of just cursory intellectual analysis. Here's what falls out on the back of an envelope, dude. Here's at least what fell out 
for me, okay? What he's effectively saying there is we could have got the same result by producing 210,000 fewer vehicles if only they hadn't been shitty hybrids and been EVs instead. P.S. If you saved the CO2 from the production of those 210,000 vehicles, you'd be 5.2 million tonnes of CO2 in front. So there's that. So, in other words, the enemy, right? CO2. New cars are, in fact, I'd suggest, only a fraction of the emissions reduction landscape. And we've run a couple of experiments on this recently as a society, haven't we, if you want to reduce emissions. COVID lockdown, work from home, okay? One of the most virtuous things you can do to reduce tailpipe emissions is just, if you're an employer, allow anyone who can work from home to work from home. The reason you won't hear a car company ever say anything like this, even though it is a self-evident truth, and it's actually borne out by the data in the current survey of motor vehicle use, which you can download from Ausstats, okay? The reductions in tailpipe emissions are immense from just working from home, but you won't hear a car company say that because this sidelines them. You can work from home without changing your freaking car, can't you? So that's kind of inconvenient. And the other thing clearly that needs to take place is there needs to be a rethink around the way we use cars because the other big, big change has to be effective mass transit. Cars are all, to me at least, they've always been all about freedom. I remember it was a long time ago now, more than 40 years ago when I got my license and that represented the biggest change in personal freedom for me that I had ever experienced. It was just unbelievably liberating to get a car. The only problem is so many people's main interaction with their car is not liberating. It's just wasting your life stuck in gridlock because cars are a shit way to get hundreds of thousands or millions of people from effectively the same place or radially spread out from the same place to some centralised region all at the same time. They're shit at that. We need to stop doing that if we want to save the freaking planet, solve the climate problem, however you want to call it, right? We need effective mass transit systems. Public transport should be freaking free and it should be good and it's expensive and shit in Australia and that needs to change. And you won't see any car companies saying that because if you had free, good mass transit, you wouldn't have to rely on your car quite so much, would you? So perhaps you'd buy a cheaper, shittier car just for those times when you needed it. So there's that. We really do need to change the way we do business as a society. And car makers do not have the influence over solving the climate problem that they would like to tell you they do. And then there's a whole bunch of other commercial influences out there, like energy companies who want to be part of big lobby groups, like the Electric Vehicle Council, which is very well funded. And they want to say, look how green we are. And they really want the climate debate to be about EVs. They really want that because every spare ounce of effort in mainstream society that is spent talking about climate and EVs and all of that bullshit is time that we don't spend talking about the big problem, which is coal and natural gas. Okay, so... Car companies have a hell of a lot to answer for. Sean Hanley is, of course, a big guy with a big job 
pushing the barrow for Toyota and saying what a fantastic job they're doing. But collectively, the car industry is letting you down by bullshitting you about the importance of EVs in the context of climate. If we changed every passenger vehicle in Australia to an EV tomorrow and we only charged them off, off photovoltaics and wind and other renewables, our emissions would go down 8%, 8%. So whatever effort we are going to spend on solving the climate problem, divvy it up, get 8% of the effort, spend it on cars. And do make some of it about mass transit, right? And do make some of it about working from home and other logistic hacks that you can pull off, not only to save money on fuel, but also to reduce CO2 emissions from the car you already own. Let's not forget, that's the same thing because there is a direct stoichiometric relationship between the amount of fuel you burn and the CO2 you emit and the same proportionality pertains to what it costs you to do that. Your right foot in a conventional internal combustion car is connected to a tap. And that tap does two things. It empties your wallet and it opens the door to CO2. And you really just need to start from there if you want to solve the tailpipe emissions problem.